This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds here on the Riverfront. I am planning to be joined by my good friend, uh, Matt Wilkes. So we're hoping he's, he's having some technical problems to get started before we get started here. Uh, so hopefully we get Matt here. Matt, hey, are you good? I'm good. Got my audio camera issues worked out. We're good to go. Perfect. We got Matt here. Pat Magooch is in the ha- is hanging out, uh, checking in, raging face on a bachelor party. So cheerio, go Reds. That's just a nice start to the show right there. Uh, so perfect. We got my good friend, Matt Wilkes here from Reds Content Plus. How are you, buddy? Doing well, Tim. Doing well. Just saw uh, Taylor Swift in Atlanta this weekend. So Oh. Yeah, I've, I've missed a little bit of the, the Reds in Oakland, but I'm back at it today and uh sad sad the uh, the win streak came to an end but you know how was that uh, start another one <laughs> how was how was t swizzle was it was it amazing it was it was quite a production yeah it was it was a fun show uh sixty thousand people there oh they all knew all the words so yeah, it was wild were you were did you also know all the words i knew some that's that's that's, some. All, that's all right you know that's awesome but that's great, man. That sounds like awesome. I know uh, it's so funny. So uh, last week we did the interview with Drew Stubbs. And when we got off air, he was telling me him and his wife went the night before to see her in Austin. So whoever I get on the next show next week has to tell me that they went to a Taylor Swift concert as well the night before. So if you're listening to the next to our next guest, you better have been at the concert to keep this streak going. Yeah, that's got to be the prerequisite for next week. If you want to get on this show, you better... You better go to the Taylor Swift concert. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, that let's go ahead and get started here with the week that was with this ball club. Um, and obviously a fun week minus today, um, but we'll get into all of that. So they start with a seven to six win against the Rangers on Monday, down five to one. Uh, Nick Lodolo really struggling at that during that game, but uh, have a nice walk off. TJ Friedel, pretty solid. Nice, nice start to the week after uh, the miserable Pittsburgh series. Uh, Tuesday in the game I attended and was actually on television. Shout out John Sadak. Uh, down six, nothing, come back, score six runs in the eighth to take the lead and win. Uh, Wednesday, we see the 5 3 win with the Nixon Zell walkoff homer. They're off Thursday. Friday, 11 7 win, Jake Fraley homer. Luis Sessa has his best turn of the season, which I'm well aware isn't saying much, but we will take it. Uh, yesterday, a 3 2 win with a Luke Maley homer. And Jake Fraley comes in, has a game-winning double. And then today, of course, we know what happened, a total meltdown. But, hey, we did get a Nixon Zell home run. So, Matt, that now puts the Reds overall with a record of 12-16. and 13-15 definitely would have looked much better. Uh, don't get me wrong. But we're right out of April. Did we think this team might be four games under 500 at the end of April? I think, I think some of us may have, but... 
I think also if you would have told a, a lot of us in you know in spring training, hey, this team will only be four hundred uh, on four games under five hundred after April after playing the Braves after playing what we you know the Pirates turned out to be, et cetera, we'd be like, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all things considered, uh, it, it's about as, as good as you could hope for. Um, you know, especially during that losing streak when it looked like you know things things might spiral a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they bounced back nicely against a good team in the Rangers. Um, you know, they, they took care of business for the most part against the A's. It was a little little sloppy over the weekend, but uh, won won the series at least. Losing that that series would have been been a tough look. But um, yeah, you know, all in all, I think they're they're about where you would hope they'd be. Um, you know, you mentioned the tough teams they play. You throw the Rays in there too, and, and yeah, the Rays. Um, taking one game from the Rays. Honestly, looking back at it, it, feels miraculous the way they got the Rays got beat down in those last two games. So, um, I think all in all, you'll 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 take twelve and sixteen, and um, you know, hopefully, once you get some of the the young prospects up here, that can they can keep getting better. Yeah, and I know obviously, you know, there's a lot of things where people are picking this team apart and I get it. It's part of being a Reds fan. Um, but I think today was just kind of just one of those games where like, it felt like nothing was going right at the right, you know, and at the worst time possible. So um, obviously the ninth inning is the prime example of you get the first two guys on India strikes out, Stevenson strikes out and then Ramos grounds out. Um, you have, you know, Derek law comes up for the second inning and doesn't get a single out. And they bring in, uh, you know, they bring in, um, wow, lost my mind, bring in Alexis Diaz, and he's now got to clean up the mess, and it's already 10 runners on. No, it's like, there's, that's, no one, that's not fair. Um, but, you know, five and one for the week, uh, like you said, sweeping a good Rangers team who literally just put 15 runs on the Yankees today. Um, pretty solid, you know, you know, like we said, we'll take where they're at. Um, but I know things people want to pick apart. We're going to get to, we're going to have fun. When we talk about Nick Senzel. We're not going to do any of the, Oh, you know, hell is this a short sort of whatever stuff. We're going to enjoy that moment. Um, but I saw after the game today, cause Tyler Stevenson was not good today. I mean, let's just kind of call it what it is really a rough game. Um, and you know, he's over five today, had three at bats where he just did not look competitive at all. Uh, had three strikeouts. And of course, everyone's like, well, where's the power? Why isn't he hitting home runs? Where is this, 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 and this? So after the game today, I went on his baseball savant page and I realized it's not as bad as people are making it out to be, which is shocking. Reds fans are making things worse than it really is. But I feel like the homers are going to come because he's still like amongst the elite in the Lex in exit velocity. He's still have a, a ton of barrels. He's still in the, pretty high on the hard hitting percentage. Are you worried about Tyler Stevenson? Because I feel like things are going to be okay. Uh, no, I'm not worried about him. I think the power is is a question, and I think it has been really his entire pro career. Um, you know, especially because he's such a big guy. You're, you, you know, the power is in there. Uh, yeah. But I think just his his approach at the plate doesn't necessarily lend itself to you know 25 home runs. He goes to the opposite field a lot. I think if he just sold out, and pulled the ball all the time, um, you know, you'd probably see more home runs, probably at the expense of of his batting average. Um, Right. Probably some more strikeouts in there too. The strikeout rate has been a little concerning this year. Um, you know, we saw some some really bad at bats today that kind of felt a little bit emblematic of his start. Um, just, just striking out a little bit more than we're used to seeing from him. So that might be a small concern, but all in all, I'm not I'm not overly concerned with him. Um, but I would like to see a little bit more pop. Um, 
we know it's in there. He hit, you know, a baller this week at 111 miles an hour, which is by far his career high. Um, he hadn't shown quite that that ability before. I think his previous high was like 106. So yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Um, you just, I think he just needs to pull the ball a little bit more, um, and he'll start to see some of those. Some of those, you know, long fly balls, you know, to right center field, start going over the wall in left field. It is so funny. You kind of mentioned the strikeouts. It's so interesting because the K percentage is poor. Uh, but again, this is coming up as baseball savant page. His chase rate is like just above great, like with like great level right now, according to them. So it's like the weirdest like balance ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's just, it's just more swing and miss, uh, you know, the, the whiff rates up. Um, so when he, when he is swinging up those pitches in the zone, he's just not, just not making contact. I mean, he, to me, he just doesn't look all that comfortable in the box um, right now and really for, for most of April. So hopefully he can, he can get, get it on track, but I'm, aside from the swings and misses, I don't see anything overly concerning yet, um, but hopefully he can start to tap in a little bit more power. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I know you said you missed quite a, a few games this weekend, obviously with being in the ATL. Um, but I was going to kind of curious, I'm sure you are aware of yesterday's start for Hunter green. Um, it's a weird mixed bag of like, I'm impressed that he bal- battled through everything because his defense definitely did let him down quite a bit. Uh, shocking. I know the reds defense is atrocious. Um, but also, there is like the bad body language where when things are going bad, um, you kind of see him like showing it and you show him like really irritated in the, in the, in the dugout in between innings. Um, you know, he did go out for the fifth inning over a hundred pitches already at the point, got through the fifth inning really well. You saw him had a lot of bats that don't really get away from him, get away from him where like, you could tell he was frustrated. He was hitting batters, not intentionally, but just like not hitting his spots. Um, so Obviously, this is all going to come down to this is part of the maturation process for him, considering it's only like his, what, 30th big league start. Um, and, you know, we're obviously seeing like what we've what we all hoped we would see. He's been his stuff looks has looked great every start. He's just ran into high pitch counts. Um, but what do you kind of take away from a start like that where it's like, yeah, great. You battled through everything. But damn, dude, you got to like handle these emotions a little better. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think we kind of saw it on opening day, too. You know, he got pitch clock violation and you could tell he was frustrated and, and things kind of went downhill from there. Um, I think it's just part of the maturation process. I think because he is so, you know, poised and and in press interviews and you know, press conferences that we kind of forget he's still 23 years old. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so he, he's not he's he might be more mature than, than others his age, but he's still 23 years old. Um so, you know, I think he needs to rein that in a little bit at times. Um, but I, I think all in all, what we've seen from him this year is is what we what we hope for. Um, I mean, the stuff's as good as ever. Um, you know, he's sitting 100, you know, his, his entire – for entire starts, 99-100. Um, the slider is still lethal. You, you still want to see some development for that changeup. But, um, yeah. I mean, he's one of the – the few pitchers who can get by with just two pitches. Um, and, and I think he's getting better and better at locating his fastball. You see it get away from him from time to time, but um, he's not missing in the middle of the plate like he did last year when he gave up all his home runs. Um, he can certainly throw, throw it down the middle of the plate and get away with a mistake um, with that velocity, but you're seeing him kind of paint the paint the corners a little bit more. Um, so we're kind of seeing that, that next step. And I think, 
you know, beyond the, 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 the next step you want to see is that change up to develop yeah. a little bit further and just give him another a pitch to get lefty, lefty hitters out. Um, Cause right now it's just kind of a one, he mixes in two or three times a game. Um, and then, you know, he's going to, going to need to, to, uh, to hone that a little bit more, but all in all, I, I like what I'm seeing from Hunter Green. Defense let him down yesterday. It's let down a lot of pitchers this year. Um, we, can, we can definitely get into that as well because that's that's a mess. But um, you know, hopefully that can get cleaned up as the season go, season goes on too. And they can get a little more length out of their starters as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt, let's get to it. Let's have some fun talking about Nicholas Peter. Senzel folks, Nick Senzel had the week. We have all been begging to see from Nick Senzel 10 of 17 at the plate, two home runs, nine RBI, four walks, a stolen base played two positions throughout the week. Actually, you know, minus the error yesterday, I thought it looked really good at third base majority of the time. Um, and I know again, we use these baseball savant pages. I'm a very big fan of it. And I know it's going to have like very limited sample size for guys who only played like 16, 17 games, but if you go back and look at he was hitting in Louisville before he got called up to the big league club this year for, from his rehab assignment was hitting the ball really well. Um, I understand that this, we're only talking about like 21 plate appearances here, but if we can't celebrate the small stuff with him, we're going to pick him apart for every bad thing he does. We have to be able to celebrate the good as well. I think this is just such a nice thing to see, obviously for your number one, your second overall pick, your first rounder, coming into his own finally like looking comfortable on the field uh and i honestly hope he keeps going i'm starting to feel more and more confident that he is going to be a really good major league player and not just like a die in that total bust and you know the chase rate's pretty impressive uh the sprint speed can get a little higher but he's walking i would like to see him hit the ball a little harder though that homer today was pretty nice um but i, I if you aren't enjoying what he's doing right now you definitely are being a Reds fan for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's 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 hard not to to feel good for him and, and what he's done over this last week. Um, you know, especially that walk off home where you could you could tell you know in his interview after the game how much it meant to him after um, you know the injuries and just the struggles he's been through you know his entire pro career. Uh, so it was it was cool to see him you know have such a big week and, and you hope it's a sign of things to come. Um, for him, you definitely, like you said, you want to see him hit, hit the ball a little harder, but he's hitting a ton of line drives. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we've seen this a little with Jake Fraley too. You look at his baseball savant page and there's a lot of blue in this average exit velocity, hard hit rate, um, which is kind of strange. Cause you know, you, you see him hit, 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 you know, ropes at times. Um, just when he averaged it all out, it's not there. Um, but he's productive because he hits so many line drives. So even even that soft contact, he's getting it over the infield. And I think that's what we kind of saw from from Sinzel this week. Um, a lot of a lot of singles. So you, you know you want a little bit more pop out of that. But um, that'll play. And especially with with the walks that are coming along with it, he's showing you know I think better discipline yeah. than he's shown to, at any point in his career, which is which is good to see. Um, you know. If, he can just get on base, make some, make some things happen with his speed. Um, you know, that's, that's useful. That's a useful player. Even if he is an ultimate, ultimately a utility guy, it's, it's good to see he still has some juice at the plate, um, you know, after some encouraging signs toward the end of last year with his, his stance change. So it's, it's hard not to feel good for him because 
um, you know, his, his whole career has just been, uh, you know, one setback after another. So hopefully it's, it builds some momentum for him and he, and he can keep it going. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things is that a lot of people laughed at in the David Bell manager talk that he did in the, in spring training was, of course he said, when Nick Senzel is healthy and on the field, he is one of the best players in the field. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Ha ha. Yeah, he's never on the field, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, oh, okay, sure. So um, you mentioned, you know, the line drives and just kind of the bloopers and um, getting making a speed up. He did have a stolen, but he did also had a two plan. I can't, you know, in this walk off game, we got to make sure we point that out. If we're going to be positive, we got to point out the other things too. But, um, and this might be a silly question, this might be a dumb question. Um, that a lot of people are, you know, throwing out there. Do you feel like maybe there's just a comfortability of the fact that he's, you know, most days playing his natural position again? I, I mean, I think there could be something to that. Um, you know, I think he, he was okay in center field, but you could tell, I, I don't know. He never looked comfortable to me. Right. Um, and it's, it's a testament to his athleticism that he was at least able, able to be, you know, average to so maybe slightly below average out there. Um, but you can tell third base is his natural position. He looks, he just looks comfortable. I, I don't, it's hard to describe. It's just something you, you can see. Um, you can tell he's played there most of his life. I mean, he was an excellent third baseman in the minor leagues and at, yeah. and at Tennessee. Um, so that, that could definitely, you know, be, be playing a part in it. You know, we've, we've heard guys kind of talk about how their defense can, can bleed over another offense. I always think back to, you know, Eugenio Suarez at, shortstop a few years ago and he you know he said his, his defense um you know affected his offense and and maybe that's that's part of the the, the case with Sinzel too but um he definitely looks far more comfortable at third base and I'm glad he's he's getting more opportunity to play there because I think he's he's much much better in the infield than he is you know in center field and and left field and right field but yeah his couple of cameos there I forgot about those yeah, he totally did start a game in right field this year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's started there since. There was kind of a <laughs> miscommunication with him and Jose Barrero, two guys playing out of position. It, it didn't go well. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and this obviously brings up the question of if they say decide to keep him there, Spencer Steer has playing has been playing first base. Is that good good flashes? Um, you know, he's definitely had some moments of like learning, it feels like at the big league level playing there. You know, the if slash when Joey comes back this year, does this turn into a situation where Joey's basically just de aging? I think it very well could. Uh, I do too. You know, because I don't think he wants to. No, I don't think he wants to. Um, I I think for the betterment of the team, you know, in the short term and the long term, it's going to be with him at DH this year when he does come back. Um, You know, we've seen him decline defensively pretty pretty sharply in recent years. Um, He's not. Not the gold lover he once was out there. Um, I, I think the best spot for him is going to be at DH. Figure out who who fits in at first base long term. Um, you know, as opposed to to running Votto out there every day, and hopefully that'll help keep him health, healthier too, and he can just focus on his on his hitting. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting situation when and if you know he does come back. Yeah, it, it is because also you know, like you said, like. We know all these guys who are coming up, uh, the Arroyos, the Strands, the Ellie De La Cruzes, which holy hell, that triple the other day was incredible. Uh, so fun to see. Um, you know, Cam Collier today had a walk off for Daytona. That was pretty cool. Um, obviously, that's what 
Yeah, he, he's pretty awesome. And that's obviously way down the road uh, for majority of them. Um, but, you know, these guys, you know, it's hard to think that Christian Encarnacion Strand will not be getting big league at-bats at some point this year. Um, obviously, Arroyo, highly unlikely. No, I'll be Marte. I would say highly unlikely. Um, but that does kind of make all the situation more interesting for the Senzel at third base, the Spencer Steer at first, and whatever the hell you do at the outfield with Jose Barrero playing out there, um, which, yes, I know for all of you listeners, we did mention Jose Barrero. So we'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. Matt, I'm sorry. You have not been just here for this let yet. We had just had to make sure we got that in there. Of course, anytime we talk about Jose Barrero, we play the Soul Glow song. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, it's obviously making things a little bit more interesting, but also it's like nice, right? You're like, Oh, minor league depth. This is great. This is what you want for if something does happen to a big leaguer, you have someone who can come in. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely are not lacking in versatility in the infield. You'd like to see a little more uh, depth out there in the outfield, but they can really mix and match in a lot of different ways in the infield. Cause almost all of their infielders can play multiple positions. Um, so it's, a good, you know, a good problem to have. And, and you know, when Encarnacion Strand comes up, he can play first or third. Sear can pretty much play all over the infield. Um, you know, shortstop in a pinch, you're not going to want to play him there. And yeah. significant time, but it, it is nice to have that that flexibility, you know, that you can, you can mix and match a little bit, you know, based on matchups or, you know, injuries or whatever it may be. Yeah. Before we get to our next topic, I want to make sure we talk about a few things. Uh, Redbeard said, I honestly don't see why Kevin Newman is even getting playing time, waste of a trade. Two pretty big hits today, honestly. Um, I don't really mind Newman. I'm more uh, not a fan of Matt Reynolds getting playing time, and you saw that today uh, with the uh, pitch clock violation to strike out and the error at first base, uh, which were not very good. Um, I think Newman's fine, you know? Good middle infielder for defense. You can play if India needs a day off. You can throw him at second. You know, whatever you do with Barrero at shortstop until Ellie comes up, you have him there to play that day too. If you know Barrero's not available, and I think you know he's not going to go out there and hit 15, 16 home runs by any means, but I think he's brought some decent at bats. He's especially this week. Yeah, I think Newman has some value. Um, you know where the Reds are at right now. I think you know once once McLean is ready to come up, I think you're kind of at a point where what do you do with, with right. Kevin Newman? But right now I, I don't have a huge problem with, with him being on the roster as long as he's not starting every day and, and he hasn't been, um, you know, he can, he can hit lefties relatively well, really shouldn't be facing any right-handed pitchers at this point, but um, plays solid enough defense and he's, he's not going to kill you. So I think he's fine right now, but I think you start talking about maybe, maybe moving on from him once Matt McLean is, is ready, which I would argue is right now. Um, so, yeah, you can make the case. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the Matt Reynolds thing, I, I have no answers for that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. It. Not a fan. And then Joseph brings up Buck Farmer, huh? With the face palm emoji. That one's pretty disappointing because, you know, last year I know he got DFA'd. Um, but when he was put back on the big league roster, he came up and I thought he pitched pretty well, you know, towards the end of the year for whatever you can say about the bullpen. Um, but this year looks like a completely different pitcher for the wrong reasons. 
And I don't really necessarily think of Buck Farmer as being part of the next good Reds team by any means. Um, but also, I'm not very stoked about seeing his future either. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's you know he signed for this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the Reds, you know, this time next year. Um, yeah, he's lost some velocity this year, and I think that's that's hurt him a lot. Uh, is it age? Is it you know an injury? Something like that? I have no idea. But you know, the velo's down. He's kind of stopped throwing his fastball as much. Yeah, um, really leaning on his secondary stuff, which is good. But uh, you know, he's gonna gonna have to throw that fastball and get that velocity back. Um, or you know, he's start, he's starting to get into the DFA territory if that doesn't come back. So, um, you know, I, I think if he's kind of your your low leverage guy, whatever. But I don't have a lot of faith in Buck Farmer as a high leverage guy at this point. Um, and, and you know, until that velocity comes back and so far it hasn't so that's where we are <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah uh jared saying hopefully mclean gets caught up on the red's head back home i am all for matt mclean being on the big league roster um it's just figuring out where necessarily he's going to be playing on a day-to-day basis because it sounds like they're not giving up on jonathan india as a second base but even though the numbers are in their face um obviously i won his bat in the lineup every day i think he's been you know, really, really good at the plate this year. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all for if like McLean's gonna play second base and India DHs or plays left field or whatever, first base, you know, where his bats in the lineup and Matt McLean's there, like whatever that looks like, I'm for. I just want to make sure like it's the best thing for the moment for Matt McLean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's a little odd that they haven't tried to play him in, in different positions, you know, in the minor leagues. He, you know, he's only played shortstop and second base. You'd think he, he has experience in center field. He played there in college. So um, I think that that would make a little more sense than, you know, just throwing Jose Brera out there who's never played there. Um, so that, that's a little odd to me. But, At the but, end of know. spring training, let's give it a shot. Yeah, I, I think he played there briefly in 2021, I want to say. But, yeah, yeah, I don't don't quite understand that. Um, but, you know, with, with McLean, he's probably not the shortstop in the future. So I'm, I'm a little, right. little puzzled as to why they're not, you know, getting his feet wet at some other positions. But I, I think that's, that might be the main barrier in getting him up right now is where do you put him and how do you get him in the lineup every day? Cause if he's up here, he needs to be in the lineup every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when Ellie is kind of basically making it well known that he has no interest playing anywhere other than shortstop. Um, Obviously, the athleticism of the crew screams, like, oh, man, couldn't you put him in center field? And I get it. I do. But have you seen the plays he's making at shortstop when he's not even hitting comfortably fully yet? I'm okay with him playing shortstop for the, you know, next 25 years for the Reds. I know that's an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm all for, like, a 45-year-old L.A. Dale crew still holding it down <laughs> at shortstop. Yeah. That one play where uh, it was like his first week back, the guy hits a line drive behind second base with the new shift rules. Obviously, it's not like he can cheat, and he freaking snags it. It's like unbelievable, man. Yeah, I so mean, fun to watch. So athletic and so you know tall and long, he can just his range is is, is crazy. So I think I think shortstop's going to be his haul. Maybe eventually he moves over to third base or, or center field, but I think. I think he's going to be the shortstop. So I think you want to start seeing McLean at positions other than second, if they're not going to be yeah. off second. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
So I do want to get into this, and I know this is totally just totally overreacting to one week of baseball. Um, but how about our good pal Henry Ramos? Been a nice little shot in the arm for the big league ball club. Uh, slugging 1,000, no big deal. Three barrels already, had a nice triple. Six-game hit streak. Um, been a nice shot in the arm offensively for this team. Obviously, we know that he has a very limited ceiling. Um, but I think I've really enjoyed actually having him in the lineup since he's been called up. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's taken some really good at-bats. You know, he's drawn you know, clutch walks. Um, he's, he's gotten on base. Um, you know, he's not going to hit 409 forever. But, you know, like you said, he's provided some nice energy, I think, to the lineup that, that really needed it. Um, you know, I, I know people kind of made a, a big deal out of the bat flip after the bases loaded walk against the Rangers, but I think yeah, that's just the energy they needed after, yeah. that, after that losing streak. Um, and will he keep this up to this degree? No, uh, you know, definitely keep it, keep in mind he's a 31 year old, you know, career minor leaguer, but I, you know, I don't think you could have asked for anything better out of his first week and hopefully he can, he can keep that rolling. Um, you know, and doesn't doesn't become the next Jason Vossler. I don't don't want that for Henry Ramos. But I really yeah. I I think he does take really nice at bats. I uh, do too. And and you know, hopefully that can that can continue. I don't I don't know if he's gonna be in the lineup every day, you know, once Will Myers comes back. But for right now, I think you keep rolling with the hot hand. I like his swing. I feel like he's got that nice little like con like short compact swing. Um it puts the ball in play. You know, it's not like he's not like I mean like you said, like when people are complaining about the bases of the walk, this is a 13 year minor leaguer getting to play some big league ball consistently. Probably for the, you know, I think he is short term in 21 when he was in the big leagues, he didn't play much. Um, so I'm, I'm all for him living his best life, you know, cause he knows he's, you know, like you said, when Will Myers comes back, it might not be here in the big league club anymore. So He's out there fighting for his job every day, and he's doing what he can to help the team. If he wants to bat flip after a bases loaded walk, damn it, I'm all for it. Flip it to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, puig it. You know, just full on, just as long as it doesn't go in the stands and injure a civilian. We're, yeah, yeah, don't, we're don't do that. Don't do that, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you said, I think the switch hitting part of his career really adds value at this point for this team, where they are. Um, he has really, really good at-bats. Don't love his fielding, but again, it was playing right field in Oakland, which was kind of you know a little tricky. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I I've been really excited with what he's done. We'll see what he does against this week. Actually, I mean, we'll get to it in the next slide. The the bad pitching matchups this week might be beneficial as well because the top, the best pitcher they're facing this week is Seth Lugo. So maybe we get some more Henry Ramos action. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be in the lineup. Until until Myers comes back, so yeah, roll out roll out the bad pitchers for us. Yeah, which oh boy, are there are a lot. Uh, so here is what is coming up this week for the big league team. Um, tomorrow, obviously, they go to San Diego, and look, I understand that when you look at these, you're like, ah, oh, well, our bad pitching is also there too. Um, for the for the pitching matchup, so tomorrow you have Luke Weaver versus Blake Snell. Carlos is not here. I doubt, I'm sure he'll listen and yell at me, um, but I'm just going to make sure I don't have to be honest about the Padres. Um, Graham Ashcraft on Tuesday versus Michael Waka. Really, really excited for Graham Ashcraft against that Padres lineup. That is going to be fun. Um, and then Wednesday, you have Luis Sessa, who got his first win, like I said. But, you know, Zero is under 10 now, so that's solid. 
against Seth Lugo, who's had a really good year so far. Um, and then Friday, they come home for the White Sox. So Friday night, we've got Star Wars night. Um, get your Mandalorian bobbleheads, doing John Sadek's job for him. Uh, Hunter Green on the on the mound versus Lance Lynn. Saturday, you have Mike Clevenger versus Nick Lodolo. And Sunday, you have Luke Weaver against Michael Kopich. Also want to point out Sunday, if you weren't aware. Uh, so Friday is going to be on Apple TV, so it won't be your regular broadcast. And then Sunday is a 4 o'clock first pitch. I think Flying Pig is this weekend. Someone to check and correct me if I'm wrong there. But uh, when you look at this, these matchups, I know the Padres have played about 500 baseball through the year. You obviously never want to count them out because they can score 12 runs like it's no problem like they did yesterday in the Mexico series. Um, but also, Blake Snell has not found his stride basically since he got traded there. Uh, Michael Waka, who in St. Louis I thought was going to be this really, really good major league pitcher and ended up being so. Um, Lance Lynn, who has been you know, really, really bad. That White Sox team is really brutal. As you know, living in Chicago. Uh, and Michael Kopech, who was like the number one White Sox prospect for two years and has not found his way in the major leagues yet. So kind of feel pretty good about this week in the matchups they have. Yeah, they're they're catching some, you know, some pitchers that have some name recognition for sure, but none of them are, are pitching particularly well right now. So hopefully you're catching Blake Snell in a good time. Um, you, you never know what the pitcher with, of that, you know, of that talent he could. Yeah. If he finds his stuff tomorrow night, it's going to be going to be tough for the Reds. But um, you certainly would rather catch him now than when he gets hot later in the summer. Um, and, you know, the White Sox pitching has been a disaster, as is much most, most of the team. Um, and the, the locals here are not not happy about it. So I, I watched I've watched a little bit of, of them this year and they're they're pretty brutal. So um, they've got they've got the name recognition in the rotation, but, but nobody's really performing. Um, so I, I think the Reds are hopefully catching them at a good time, too. So the White Sox are currently eight and twenty one. Oh, that yeah. is. And they're not even in last place in the AL Central. Yeah, that's the wild part. AL Central yeah. is, is very bad. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm feeling better and better about taking the under this year on Guardians wins, uh, even though I do really like that team. I just that's shocking how bad they've played. Um, and then the Padres are 15 and 14 after winning the last two. I did you watch it? Did you get to see any of the highlights from the Mexico series? I thought it was fun. I, I love that baseball does it. Yeah, I saw some of the highlights on Twitter. Yeah, just tons of runs, tons of home runs. Kind of, you don't really think of, of the high elevation in, in Mexico, but I think that yeah. played a big part in it too. It was kind of like a another Coors Field uh, situation. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So Chad is in the chat. He said, "Late Night Reds is my favorite Red show." Chad Dotson, owner of the Riverfront Network, um, which you can catch every Friday on our YouTube or YouTube channel. What all? So thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Shout out, Chad. Has been on here in a couple of weeks. I felt like he's been ducking me. Come on, Chad. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Matt, you do some really awesome work over at Reds Content Plus. Uh, one of the favorite, my favorite guys I have on the show. So you have anything coming up that we should be excited about that you're working on? Well, I've, I've brought up defense a couple of times, working on a, a post to break down what is going on with the Reds defense and, and how much it has, uh, I was going to say helped or hurt them, but we all know it, it has hurt them. So. Um, gonna gonna break down exactly um, 
how much has hurt them and who, who the culprits are, um, et cetera. That, that should come out later this week. Um, last week, I looked at Jonathan India and his uh, promising start to the season and some interesting parallels with his, his rookie year. Um, I think we can we can safely say 2022 was, was an anomaly for him. Um, I think he's kind of kind of back to being that table setter at the top of the lineup, and hopefully the power will come soon. Uh, but he is hitting the ball hard, so I think it's just just a matter of time there. So, um, but yeah, we are we are pumping out content pretty much every day. So come check us out, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that the White Sox leave Lou Bob in? Cincinnati this weekend. You, you, you never count it out. Yeah, and they're mean, looking th- for a change. Yeah, I think uh, I think all Reds fans would be very much okay with Lou Bob playing in the outfield for this team. I think we'd all we'd all be fans. Yeah, I would. I would take a you know a, a everyday center fielder from, yeah. from the White Sox. Yeah, considering center fielder, what's that? Yeah, I, I, that's a, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Have they had one of those since Billy Hamilton? I, I guess I guess Nick Senzel, he's been hurt so much that that's true. Not really. Not really. Yeah. Well, Nick Senzel's back because he plays third base and that's he right. can walk now. So everyone, you can laugh at all of us who counted him out, which was all of us. But uh all joking aside, Matt, it's great to have you on, man. I'm so happy you had some time to hang out with me tonight. Um, especially going to see T Swift last night. You still made time to talk to me, so I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for thanks for having me on and bearing with me through the detective problems. Hey, it happens. It's podcasting, man. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this week. I know it's a little bit shorter of an episode than we normally do here on Late Night Reds, but we will be back next week, hopefully talking about a big week against the Padres and the White Sox. Same bad time, same bad channel. Everyone have a good night, and we will talk to you.